Trends in technology, processes and products. We cover these areas and more coming up on the cutting edge of cannabis. Be informed from the latest initiators of new innovation. Learn about the latest breakthroughs and best practices in the cannabis and hemp industries. Better products, better infrastructure, and better sustainability. The cutting edge of cannabis, consulted by the American Cannabis Company, starts now. Welcome to the cutting edge of cannabis. I'm your host, Ellis Smith, and today I will be speaking with Erica Halverson, founder and CEO of Tiny Paper. Tiny Paper is a commercial scale hemp paper company looking to change the way we use our paper products through a more sustainable approach. Erica, welcome. How are you? Thank you very much. I am doing awesome. Now, help me help me make sure I'm pronouncing it correctly. Tiny E paper, tiny paper. How do I say it? Tiny E paper, and I am Tiny E. Tiny that E was, was my an, question. Yes, Tiny E was actually a nickname that my dad gave me when I was a little girl, and he passed away three years ago from cancer. So it's there's a lot of things within my company that are an homage to my dad, who inspires me every day. Well, uh, you know, I'm sorry to hear that he passed, and uh, I love that you have uh, made a tribute to him with his name and, uh, and uh, what you're doing. So tell me, that why did you start Tiny E Paper then? I know when yeah. I, I, met you, I met you, geez, 27, 8, 2017, 2018 at MJ BizCon. 2017. You were, telling, you were telling me about your, your idea, and I remember I was just as amped up and fired up as you were about your idea, and I was like, <laughs> I don't know how to help you, but I will do what I can to help you network. And here we are almost three awesome. years later, and I, I'm see what you've been doing girl yeah well it's funny i and even if you were to say what i don't even know how to help you i wouldn't have even been able to tell you how to help me at that time anyway i was so green (laughs) Sure. (laughs) so it's been two and a half years of literal blood sweat and tears and it has been a fantastic journey i have met just about every challenge i could but in that time what i've been able to do is i'm now selling my product for the first time I launched two weeks ago selling my business cards, and now I have been able to get my production chain linked to where I'm going to be able to start pumping out things like what I've been recently sending out posts on and announcing things like grocery bags and and, uh, packaging and cardboard and things like that. I'm now to the point where I am ready to start producing on that commercial basis. And within the next probably two to three weeks, it looks like I'm gonna be able to start taking pre-orders for things like the grocery bags or the gift bags, things like that as well. So within the time that I talked to you, I have found somebody that is a hemp paper expert. I have found raw material resources. I have figured out what to do with CBD waste and how to that incorporate that into what I'm doing and then found resources for that. So it's been a, been a lot going on. Well, that's awesome and exciting to hear that um, through your blood, sweat and tears, you are still here today. And knowing two weeks ago, you're getting this thing launched and in, in, in progress. That is kick ass. I'd love to hear that. Thank you. Okay, you just made some comments about um, sourcing material and, and these things and, and aligning yourself with uh, experts who know hemp paper. Mm-hmm. Where are you getting your material from, actually? You know, you mentioned, one, that you're, you're able to utilize CBD waste. I want to hear about that. But two, where else are you getting this material from? Yeah, I am getting it from a lot of different resources. Right now, I have a main raw material source as far as my grower, and I have a couple extractors as far as my raw material source for the waste 
that I'm incorporating the CBD, both pre and post extraction waste into my paper also. I have had a very important mission since I started this that I wanted to work with only United States of America, farmers, growers, extractors, processors. I didn't want to have anything in my process that was out of our uh, out of our country. And there were a lot of reasons for that, but one was to mitigate any type of issue that could cause a break in anything that I had to get from another country. So I had to do a search for people like you would do a search for people looking for anything else. I started with a Google search. Who out there is a hemp paper expert? And I happened to find the guy that was the first ever to do the first 100% hemp wraps and rolling papers. Awesome. And so there, that's one, that was the first partnership that I needed to find. From there, I was able to put Facebook posts out, put LinkedIn posts. Anybody who has been following has been seeing me beg, <laughs> beg for pieces of my puzzle along my journey. And just by sheer putting myself out there, whether it's cold calling people, Google searches, or just asking people on my social media feeds, I've been able to partner up with some really fantastic folks. Mission, they believe in what I'm doing and they don't only want to help me, but they want to add synergistic value to everybody else that's on what I call my tiny team. And so I've been able to build this really great coalition of people that have a lot of different interesting transferable skills that they were doing in outside of the cannabis industry and have now been able to transfer those into the cannabis industry. And it's just by putting myself out there and talking to people and vetting people. You just, you, you've got to have conversations and it's really easy within five minutes to figure out if somebody's really serious about what they're doing or not and can actually do what they're saying or not. It's not easy to vet these people, and I'm sure you've learned the hard way, but uh, over time, yes. you can quickly smell and sniff out who's serious and who's not. And it sounds like you kind of have, have experienced that as well along your pathway. Yep. One of the main things anybody who has talked to me knows, one of the first things I will always ask for is I will ask for a sample of whatever it is you've got. Whether you're a grower and you want to get me your raw material, send me a sample of it. I want to see how you're storing it. I want to see what it looks like. If you're not storing it properly and it's got mold on it, I'm not buying it from you. So I need to see people walk the walk and talk the talk. And that's how I that's how I vet mostly is I ask them to send me samples of what they're actually doing, whether it's pulping, processing, whatever it is. So are you, and I'm going to kind of, this is a, a multi-question uh, question here, I guess. How, are, are you working mm -hmm. with a manufacturer that has the infrastructure in place that can take all of this material and make it into a pulp-based paper product? How, is, is that what it is? You have a manufacturer that can do this. How does that work? Yes. So one of the ways that I have been able to do this as quickly as I did is I didn't waste any time worrying about building up capital and fundraising for all this equipment and stuff that I needed to buy so that I could own it. I wasn't worried about that right now. It was more important for me to get the product out to market and start making a difference now. So I found the experts that were already doing the processes that I needed, but they just maybe weren't doing it for hemp or hadn't thought about doing it for hemp. And that way, all I have to do is third-party lease out the time and the labor and then whatever else the cost is for cleanup and stuff like that for working with my product. And possibly I have to educate them a little bit because they might not know what they're doing. I have the experts that can help them with that education as well. So that's how I've been able to, to find the people and, and grow my network as well.
you know, we always hear that the infrastructure is lacking here in the U.S. for certain aspects of uh, downstream products made from the, you know, the hemp waste, we'll call it. And so it sounds like yeah. you've been able to uh, understand the processes that it takes to make the hemp and realizing quickly that, hey, the infrastructure is there. Some of these folks may have to retool a little bit or maybe not retool anything, just understand it's a different material coming in, but it can come out the same as what they've been producing before. And so is, is that what I'm hearing is that you've just been yes. able to understand that the infrastructure is out there. Folks just may need a little bit of edu education and you were able to bring that uh, or bridge that gap, we'll say. Yes, Absolutely. What I'm doing love making it. hemp paper it. is not <laughs> a secret. Awesome. People have been making hemp paper thousands of years. It's just doing something a little different on a commercial basis, making it cost effective, adding in some waste. I'm just tweaking some things that have been around for thousands of years. So it's really not rocket science. It's just somebody had to dive in the pool. Well, and, and you're in, and as I'm, as I'm hearing this, uh, you're taking what I refer to as a farm to table approach, meaning you mm -hmm. are going out there and making the, the relationships with the direct um, growers, the people you're getting your material from, you're vetting it directly. You're not relying on the manufacturer to do all that. And to me, that's super important because you understand the quality control. Uh, ensuring mm -hmm. that you can bring the best product in so that the final product you put out um, stands behind your core value. And I, I think that is so neat to see that you're doing that that labor, that hard work, because not many folks want to do that. But I understand that this is such a new product. Who else is going to do that for you? These guys just have machines and you're running exactly. space with them. They have no idea, no care to go out and do this for you. And so I love that, that you have taken all of this on and are determined to push this through. I, I, I love it. I haven't seen Thank many you. people go to these links on any kind of business venture on what you're doing. So kudos. I love it. Well, thank you. And I'm going to actually blow your mind just maybe a little bit more. So I'm actually taking my mission a little bit further and I'm not just about making hemp paper. I have a completely different website. I have a different mission. It's the Tiny E Hemp Pledge. I'm on a mission uh, to create a movement behind hemp. And so there's two things that I'm doing. With the paper, I'm creating a self-sustaining business model. I get the hemp from the cannabis industry. I turn it into paper for the cannabis industry. We sustain each other. That's number one. My movement is behind creating a self-sustaining ecosystem. I'm going to take the waste from those extractors, waste from the farmers, the stuff that I can use, I'm going to put into my paper process. But I'm going to take all their waste, the stuff that I can't use that isn't fibrous like the leaves, for example, I'm going to work with recycling companies who know how to recycle organic matters, and I'm going to create living soil that I'm going to then turn back to my hemp farmers, which then gives them higher yield. It gives them better crops, which gives me better raw materials, and that's how I create that ecosystem. And then I can, I can use that model, and I can recreate that model anywhere on the globe. Well, I think that's pretty cool. That was one of my, my my questions to ask after our break was, you know, about your your hemp pledge. So you beat me to it, and I love that um, you are turning this waste matter into a compostable living soil that can be brought right back and reutilized. And it's a full circle as far as uh, this material growing the plants 
taking that material, that waste, putting it right back down into the earth and letting him regrow generation after generation. And I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm a living soil nerd. I actually manufacture yes. living soil. And so you're speaking my language and I love to hear that uh, you, you kind of have this drive and direction. I would ask you this, with all of those mm-hmm. leaves and that waste material, um, is there a, are you, is there a way to take those, those leaves and make those into supplements for food consumption? Um, I can put it in my green smoothies. I'm lacking access to material like that, that I can put in my diet. Before you answer that question, I'm going to, I'm going to take a stop real quick. We're going to take a quick break and we'll jump back in and let you answer that question. Sorry about that. Perfect. It's okay. Time to cut to commercial. More of the cutting edge of cannabis is coming up. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Dazed and infused. Join sugar industry expert Latham Woodward for a happier hour each week for a lively and often hilarious discussion on the infusion of cannabis into food, beverages, and life. Explore exciting new culinary landscape trends with fascinating friends and guests who are leading the industry into the uncharted mainstream. Discover curated menus, enhanced cocktails, and live tastings. Life's a little sweeter here on Dazed and Infused. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. The cutting edge of cannabis now continues only on cannabisradio.com. Welcome back. I've got Erica Halverson, founder and CEO of Tiny Paper. All right. Sorry about that, Erica. So if you would um, help me answer that question there. Yes. And I talk fast, so it's okay. That's all right. (laughs) (laughs) So one of the things that I'm very aware of is that I'm going to have to start sharing some of the products that I'm going to be using as more and more people understand and understand how to utilize the plant. There are going to be some aspects of the plants like the leaves and things that can be used for dietary needs. Um, They can make flowers and a bunch of different types of supplements and things. Um, I believe it's considered a superfood also, if I'm not mistaken. So absolutely, you can definitely utilize parts before I take them, but there are going to be, I have a feeling, such an abundance of some of this stuff that I'm going to have no choice but to help some of these farmers get it off their land in an expedited way that it's not going to have a chance to even get into the food stream yet because I'm going to snatch it up because I have to get rid of it. 
But hey, as long as it's being utilized and put back into the industry for a positive impact, I, yes. I, I think that's great. I think but I will exciting. share. I All will right. share. <laughs> I love it. I think after this, I want to connect with you. I've got some folks that um, have some decorticators that are portable and very yes. cost effective. And you may have already met these folks, but I'll turn you on to them and they may be of value to you as you are um, ever evolving and expanding on what you're doing. And so to me, it's, a, it's, a, contact, it. it's a contact sport. It's all in who you know. So I'll make sure I'll, I'll pass along this information to these guys. Thank you. All right. So... So you mentioned some of your products. We got your business cards you're just doing. You're talking about being able to do uh, grocery bags, paper, paper bags, these types of things. What is that full spectrum of, of SKUs that you are offering to the marketplace? Right now, the only thing that is in the market that is for sale and offerable is the business cards. What I've been doing is making announcements of concept tests that I've been able to prove that, yes, I can now do this and I can prove it because I've made it. That helps me then get an idea of what my demand is so that I know how to forecast properly with my farmers and with my extractors and everybody else in my ecosystem, what, what kind of volume and what capacity I'm working with. Because right now I have zero to work off of. Sure. So it's my way to help me forecast when to be able to put out announcements of product I have before I'm actually ready to sell it. Now, especially if I can talk to your folks about decortication, and I've been uh, going through the final vetting process with a pulper, which has been my biggest need. Once I get those blocks in my chain completed, then I can go out and start taking pre-orders for all of this different product. And I'm going with the most disruptive product first. If I'm going to take market share, I'm going to affect the market share where I know it's going to make the biggest impact. So those are the products that I'm starting with first, and they're also the most transferable from cannabis into the regular consumer market as well. And so that's kind of been my strategy which with why I only have business cards available and why I'm going to continue to make announcements about product before it's actually available because I need to get that understanding of what my demand is. Because this is a new market. We're creating it as we speak. Yeah, and that was my next question. So who is your market? Who are you targeting? Is it B2B? Is it B2C? Is it a combination? Who are you looking to target? I am right now targeting B2B, but I'm also targeting, I'm going from B2B to C in my grand scheme of things. Right now, I believe that the regular consumer market needs too much education to understand the difference between hemp and cannabis. They still think it's the same plant and you can roll up a piece of my paper and smoke it and get stoned. The amount of money that is going to be needed, it's unfortunate. Even people in the industry, I'm shocked at how many people don't know that hemp and cannabis are two separate plants. But the amount of money that is going to be needed to educate that consumer market before they even make a purchase consideration for hemp versus trees is going to be millions of dollars. I don't want to spend that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to infiltrate B2B the, the, through the B2B chain, the consumers. For example, let's say I make a sleeve, Starbucks coffee sleeve. I sell that to Starbucks. Somebody goes into Starbucks, notice that sleeve's a little bit different. They ask the barista why it's different. The barista then says, oh, we switched over to hemp. And that starts the conversation. I didn't have to pay for a dime for that. So that's, that, that is my strategy to get into the consumer market is to start making products on a B2B level that I know consumers are going to use and that's going to, that's going to connect that link for me. That is great. 
Thank you. What is what is the cost differences between your hemp paper business cards versus a traditional business card? Just so our our listeners understand if there is a big difference or not. If you're getting now yeah. to be competitive and it's a, it can be almost a one for one exchange. That is a very good question. So I am promising for all of my products that I can hold within a 30% increase or less in cost over the tree paper version. There's a couple reasons for this. Even if it costs me more on the front end to create that paper, if I don't keep my cost justifiable for the value proposition that it brings, people will not make that switch. And if people don't make that switch, it messes up everybody in my ecosystem that I'm from the processors down to the farmers. So I need as many people as possible to make that switch. I liken what I'm doing and how I'm pricing my product very much to LED light bulbs and incandescent bulbs. People are still paying 30%, 40%, up to 60% more for LED bulbs because they understand what an LED, the difference between LED and incandescent. It's better for the environment. It lasts longer, all of that kind of stuff. I have a belief that people will bake in an automatic cost increase. And I believe that magic bubble is 30% for hemp paper versus tree paper, because they also have an understanding of all that stuff, especially when I tackle the people in the cannabis industry first, they get it the most. And I believe that I'll not probably ever have to get down to parity as tree paper because that's commoditized and I don't necessarily want this to be a commoditized product just yet but I believe people will be okay paying that up to 30% increase but I will hold it at that because I again I want this to be affordable I agree and I hate to say it but I, I do want this to go mainstream I do want this to really be a product that um, can't compete with that pulp product that's out there we'll be right back with Erica Halverson founder and CEO of Tiny E Paper Time to cut to commercial. More of the cutting edge of cannabis is coming up. Let me welcome Nick Hexum from 311. We've never heard things like your music when it first came out. It's like to mix the reggae with the punk and all of that together was just such an unusual sound and, and we loved it. We realized we're not going to copy what's on the radio. At the time, it was all grunge at, that was on the radio. And I said, let's just stick to what we know and wait for a culture to come around to us. Hey, it's Nick Hexum from 311, and you're listening to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina on CannabisRadio.com. Let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint Business and cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana llama out. Got to tend to me on crap, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. 
Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. My guests say Razzy Berry. We're talking about nature, naturopathic medicine, as well as the concept of prevention and preventing disease. Empower people to live a naturopathic lifestyle. Get to know your body, understand its rhythms, remove toxins, and use natural alternatives whenever possible. 90 to 95% of cancers are due to environment and lifestyle risk factors. That's a huge number. That means that cancer is preventable. The Concierge for Better Living with Doc Rob. Only on CannabisRadio.com. The cutting edge of cannabis now continues. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. Thanks, Erica. It's it's a conscious consumer decision when you choose to to uh, to you know purchase a product like this, and um, mm-hmm. it's over time. I think it's got it's got to replace our current process. I think that maybe 15, 20, 30 years out. That was one of my next yep. questions: Is you really think we'll see a market shift to where this will be competitive? This will, this could replace. Um, our trees being chopped down and, and really being a, a viable force for shift and change. There's, a, I do, but it's going to have to take some structural changes in actual, in how trees are actually grown for paper. Um, it's not just a matter of stopping to cut down trees. There are forests of, of trees that have specific purposes for why they are grown. And when you stop using those trees and you take that out of an entire economy system, that is a big hit to a t- entire economies. So there, there has to be, it's, it's going to be a very gradual change to make that switch from everything from trees as far as paper. And I want to be cognizant of that. Um, but I believe we can do a great deal right now. And I can't, I know that I can get down to parity with tree paper if I need to do that for certain markets. If I need to do that for consumers, sure, I'll change my strategy. I can pivot like the like anybody's business. Right now, I don't think it's needed. And But further down the line, sure. And I, I work with some, I'm from the deep south from Alabama and, you know, everybody grows pine trees down there for pulp. Mm-hmm. It's big, yep. it's big business, it's big money. I know a lot of people that own, you know, thousands upon thousands of acres and they specifically clear cut and do that. Yep. But I will say these folks are also in the hemp game now. Yes. And they've been looking at the CBD side of it and have grown that last year. And we're really encouraging to look at getting away from that side of it and really now looking at the the fiber aspect of the plant and the dual purpose for the seed. And these guys are really t- taking a very serious look and interest at this, working with universities to see if they could replace um, that pulp business that they really have invested into for, you know, generations now and looking for this paradigm shift as they move forward. And to me, I'm from a very backwards ass place in Alabama. And I hate to say that because I love my Mm -hmm. home state, but people just think very differently. And to see the Mm open-mindedness and how well they are really looking to make a shift and change, it's super encouraging to see where this is headed. Absolutely. And on a micro level like that, that that is exactly the mindset that we need. And that's how we're going to create the start to that movement. And that's how we're going to convince everybody on the macro level. Because I'm thinking about this eventually globally. And the reason for that is every single person on earth uses paper every day for some sort of purpose, potential. And what this could mean to economies is you almost can't wrap your head around it. And so that's why it's funny when people ask me, so how come you're focusing on paper? How come you're not making like shirts and things like that? 
well, I'm going to let somebody else do that really well. I'm going to focus on paper because I'm going to have enough <laughs> on my plate sure. with paper. And that's one of the great things about this product is it is a universal, every person, every government, every country, every corporation, every nonprofit, every, everybody uses paper. And so I can find value for anybody and I have to make that value make sense for them. So that'll also dictate pricing and everything else. All right, we need to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Erica Halverson, founder and CEO of Tiny E-Papers. Welcome back. Okay, Erica, uh, why do you do what you do? <laughs> Great question. Because I can only do things I'm passionate about. I'm not a very good liar. <laughs> but I actually, I, I got into this because I had what started as a personal passion for cannabis. This is still continuous, continuously to this day a medicine for me. I am a daily user. It is part of my ritual and my routine. I, I wanted to expand on my knowledge globally. And that's when I started learning about hemp. And it just blew my mind how absolutely fantastic these two plants are together. And just even understanding on the medical side, the entourage effect and things like that, understanding the need for hemp to be in the cannabis ecosystem, it's, it's growing a passion that I already had and it's just multiplying it because there's actually two plants to love now. And I just didn't, I did not think I was going to be a hemp paper expert at all, but here I am. <laughs> you just got to go with it. <laughs> what have been your challenges then with doing this, knowing that, uh, you know, you came into this not really being in the industry at all and not having any expertise in paper. What have been mm -hmm. your challenges? Um, well, the number one big challenge, and I believe me, I hate saying that this has been my biggest challenge, but I have to speak my truth and my reality in this journey. Being a woman has been my biggest challenge. Hands down, period, point blank. If I, if I wasn't a female, I have a feeling I could have gotten further faster in everything that I was doing. And, and I don't hate men. I love men. We need men. Almost every, most of my partners in my business are, are guys. But that, that literally has been my biggest challenge. And this is a male-dominated industry. Um, second is I started my, co my company in an illegal market. The farm bill has not passed yet. And so I was still working just like most of us in the cannabis industry with prohibition. And finding the people that I needed to work with was, was a big challenge. The people that wanted to listen to me and take a risk and do something that nobody was doing and understand that I believed it could happen even though they couldn't. And that was, that was the second biggest challenge. Wow. Well, it seems like you've overcome them and have, um, you know, avoided all of the pitfalls that some people will get knocked down and not pick themselves back up. So I'm glad to see you didn't let us men <laughs> deter you from doing what you're doing. I understand where you're coming from. I, I, I get the comment. It's a, it's a male dominated industry. I hate to say that. And um, I'm just glad to see that, you know, people believed in your vision and what you're doing. And, and now you're on this pathway. It's a, it's a trajectory that I think is uh, pretty dang neat. Pretty cool. Thank you. I appreciate it. What's your five-year plan? Woo, well, I, on day one, had to think about, it's one of the interesting things when you start a startup, is one of the first things I had to think about as starting my company is thinking about how I wanted to end my company. Do I want to create a legacy and something I can pass on 
to my fictitious grandchildren who don't exist because I don't have kids yet? Or do I want to get acquired and do something bigger, better, or go on a different mission? Um, I have had a three to five year acquisition strategy since the day I started my company. Two and a half years in, I have had two conversations in the past 60 days where a third party has bought, brought up possibly acquiring my company. So I am right now on trajectory to fall within my plans. So within five years, I'm hoping to have my first acquisition under my belt. Well, let's expand a little more on your five-year plan. What what <laughs> what else do you have on your five-year plan? Not just an acquisition. You've got to have, uh, you know, building up to that acquisition. What are all your goals and objectives here? Yeah, so I want to, I literally want to make a huge difference in the cannabis industry and help legitimize even more so this industry by creating a model that everybody else can follow about how what what sustainable really means and so just to be able to to actually make an impact it would it, it gives me goosebumps i just got goosebumps right now from that i want to find other women who are in different in similar situations like i have been where they've got innovative groundbreaking ideas and have challenges breaking into any market that they're trying to get into and i want to use what i've learned to get as far as i've gotten i want to learn i want to take whatever i'm able to get out of this and i want to go help other people who have been in my similar situation and expand on the hemp movement it's it, it, I can't do it by myself and a movement requires longevity and it requires completing that and, and carrying it on. So I'm going to keep going with my hemp mission and I'm going to keep growing, building this industry and making it as successful as I can. I think that's awesome. Let's see. Thank what, you. um, how has this COVID stuff affected you or your business? <laughs> um, it has, put me on warp speed. It's been the craziest thing that in the midst of all this sadness and craziest craziness, I have exploded. And I think I attribute a lot of that to the fact that I didn't have to rely on anything outside of the U.S. for any part of my process. I had a little bit of slowdown with some of my vendors um, because states like Michigan put things like worker requirements and they could only have 25% of their staff on board. So I had some of my vendors that just slowed down a bit because they had to slow down because of what was going on. But I didn't have any break in my system and things just kind of sped up for me. So like I said, in the last two weeks in the midst of all this, I launched my company and started selling product for the first time. So it's been incredible. I keep hearing this from folks on the cannabis side, how they have been positively impacted by this coronavirus. It seems like our industry has like sped up and things have not slowed down and it's trying to hang on for the ride as we're kind of being pulled in many directions with this. So I'm glad to see that uh, this has not negatively impacted you and you've been able to successfully get this launched. Yes, me too. Where, who, well, that's for sure. So with you launching two weeks ago, um, where's the interest coming from? Is it B2B? Is it B2C? Where at geographically in the U.S. or globally are you getting input? Everywhere. It's every type of business. It's every part of the world. It's everywhere. And that's what's been fantastical about it. It's in and out of cannabis, um, corporations, individuals. I am now in the process of signing a couple LOIs 
for full corporations to make switches of all their paper over to my paper. Wow. Um, so it, the response has been amazing. But on the flip side, I kind of expected that because, again, everybody uses paper. And there is such a need for sustainability and people. We are all here on a mission. We're business people. I'm, I am selling product when it comes down to the nuts and bolts of it. But I have a, a purpose behind what I'm doing. And anybody with a purpose is this is this is the time for us right now. All right. Any closing comments to our audience here? We've got a little over 30 seconds here or a minute or so. And so I'd love to get any closing comments uh, to our audience um, on anything you want to say. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm going to end on a positive note and just tell everybody to stay safe, stay healthy, keep smoking your herb, keep supporting your small businesses, whether they're in the cannabis industry or not. Let's try to make this as positive of an experience as we can because we can't do anything else about it. And I just appreciate all of the support, all of the feedback I get. I want to thank every single person who has been following my journey and helped support me. I cannot and I will not do this by myself. So I love you guys all and thank you so much. Erica Halverson, founder and CEO of Tiny E Paper. Thank you for joining us for this edition of the Cutting Edge of Cannabis. You can download past episodes of our program by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Erica, thank you so much and good luck with your endeavors. Thank you so much as well. And, and I wish everybody health, health and happiness. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.